listening to Germantown Community Radio, 92.9 FM WGGTLP Philadelphia, and online at gtownradio.com. We are Q the Mic. We are Q the Mic. Welcome, welcome back to another week. Welcome we back, everyone. I'm so sorry. We're recording at home. So just like on CNN and The View, everything's real life. One of my smoke detectors is begging for a battery. And I can never hear it, but I just heard it in the background. So we're going to pretend that we didn't hear that. But it's real life, folks. We are on the air. So yeah. this is To The Mic Radio. I am Dr. Renee Norris-Jones. And my pronouns are, see how I do that when we're, when we're recording, but in the live studio, I never do it. Um, I'm getting the thumbs up in the background. Um, so I am Dr. Renee Norris-Jones. Doctor. Um, doctor. Not a medical doctor, but um, a doctoral academic. I lost my train of thought there. Doctor. And my grandson, here's how to serve Wolfgang, calls me Dr. Grandmother. I and my that sounds like a superhero name. Yes, yes. My pronouns are she, her, sometimes dude, and doctor. Not doctor, doctor. Um, and I'm here with my associate producer, who's about to drink something out of a glass because we can see her. It's not Bailey's. Um, this is <laughs> Fox. Totally not. <laughs> it's totally not Bailey's. This is Fox. I go by she, her, hers, and sometimes dude. And I don't mind the beeping because I think it sounds a little bit like a metronome. I'm going to pretend it's a metronome. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's what it is. And our other co-host is here with us. Um, yeah, my name's my name's Griffin. I use they them pronouns. I'm a student journalist. Yeah, and a student period, but um, you know everything's online right now. So I'm you know I guess I guess this is sort of evening things out. We're all like inside. So what even are titles or jobs? I guess right. I don't know. And and what are your pronouns that you say already? Yes, I use they them pronouns. Oh, okay, because see now I'm the pronoun police. Now <laughs> <laughs> um, that we are we... no longer in the same room, yes. right? You, you you pay attention to the pronouns. There of you course, go. I still trip over them too. Uh, my name is Sandy Smith. Uh, my day job is home and real estate editor at Philadelphia Magazine. My pronouns are he. Him and his. So we have um, a special so guest. Yes, we have a special guest, um, Deja Lynn Alvarez. Um, just man, just looking at her bio, she's a trainer at the Transgender Training Institute, board president at Women's March of Philadelphia, board of directors at Liberty City LGBT Democratic Club, board of directors at William Way LGBT Community Center. Um, Ablatory Health Services at the Health Federation of Philadelphia. Um, and she was the first trans woman to run for office. Wow. You're here, right? In our in our great city. <laughs> in our great city of Philadelphia. Welcome. Yes, please add that part because we don't want anyone saying that yes. we're making a false claim. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're thrilled Welcome to have you here. Thank you very much. Yes. 
Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Um, the doctor and I have been trying to work this out for quite a while to get me on here. And I've been wanting to, as um, uh, I'm a, a fan of the doctor there. who And uh, we finally got a chance to have a nice chat today and realized that we have quite a few things in common. So oh God, it made yeah. me feel more excited for the show tonight. Yes, we, we did a quick mic check this morning and it turned into a whole long conversation. <laughs> I was oh, on the treadmill. We were chatting. Yes. <laughs> also, my pronouns are she, hers, and the other one that I tend to use. Um, I guess I'm not allowed to say on the air since it's also considered a curse word. But it begins with <laughs> ends with an H. Okay, we, we, we know this one. That's funny because yeah. on my Instagram bio, my whole bio line yeah. is just your friendly neighborhood. The yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I do that in some of the trainings that I do. I do it when I'm in different things, when people go around the room and I'm like, yeah, my pronoun she, her. And for some of you, by the end of this, it might be. Um, <laughs> it's one of the best awesome. words to reclaim. Oh, my female God. dog. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Love that. This week on Cue the Mic, we start off with our, six, with our uh, regular segment, why pronouns matter, followed by Fox's political rant. Then after that, uh, we will have a little conversation with Deja. After that, it's our ever-popular Gay Answers to Straight Questions, or Gas Cue. Then we round up with Newsworthy or Not. And Deja, just to bring you up to speed on our segments, um, so the Why Pronouns Matter, um, Griffin, Mark Griffin will do that. Um, and of course, it kind of speaks for itself, that segment. Um, the gate answers the straight questions is kind of, oh my God, the questions that we get. And it's our way of kind of, it's educating. And yeah, I don't way did that. From like Reddit and Facebook to get them. So I get some of them yeah. from all over the world. I'm getting used <laughs> to all of this too. No, but thank you for your reading when you were talking. It's amazing. I have learned more about Zoom and Skype and Duo than I ever thought I wanted to learn now. But oh, it's yeah. not alone. Yeah. Um, for classes, which me and Griffin both know about. And yeah. I'm not super thrilled. I mean, I had online classes before this, but now our weekly workshops are online. And even though it's just one day of the week that it's online, it made a huge difference. And I kind of hate it. <laughs> So this is actually this is actually sort of what the why pronouns matter segment is this week. Um, I wanted to talk about um, online classes and what it specifically means for LGBT students, um, as well as what the sheltering in place kind of can mean. So I've been in a couple online video seminars recently where kind of like like teachers and stuff will tend to I feel like there's a there's a lot of the sort of trying to make the make the best out of a bad situation as far as like you know a lot of you know we're all sheltering at home or at least if you are smart you should be and nearly all of the colleges by now have gone online that is, if they're still holding classes at all. I imagine, like, a lot of classes have been canceled if there's, like, elements that need to be in physical person, like a lab. Yeah, like nursing. Um, but um, 
in a lot of cases, the transition to online has been phrased as a sort of, well, we know that there are struggles for it, but students can get through it. Students are tough and strong and can get through it. And yes, I, I agree with that. I think something that a lot of people are failing to recognize, which is going to be even more important for LGBT students and trans students in particular, is um, the possibility that a lot of students are sheltering in place in homes that are not that are not welcome to them, um, that they could be forced into sheltering in homes where their parents don't accept their identity or their guardians don't accept their identity. I've, I've had conversations with people who, whose parents are hostile to them if they bring up anything about what their identities are as an LGBT person. And I feel like in the long span of time, we're going to look back on this moment as really difficult for youth struggling with their identity and so I kind of have like a I have like a message or a plea almost to teachers if there are teachers listening um, from if there are professors listening from uh, colleges who this hasn't you know really been you know I, I understand that this has been rough for everybody and everyone's had like different wavelengths of what occurs to them or not so my my request is try to think of the ways in which our homes are not all the same Mm -hmm. try to be aware of that for your students and not just offer resources but like actually be there really put effort in because, it, you know, it's, it's so bad to the point where, like, I personally know students who are really struggling with this stuff. So I know students are strong. We are all strong. But also try to make, do what you can to make allowances for how difficult it is to be home. And imagine what that can mean if your home is not a safe place, if your identity is not respected if you're struggling, you know, being a young transgender person and your parents don't don't respect you, it can be really hard on a lot of people. And I feel like this hasn't been brought up enough in the professional spaces that I've been in this during this time. So, yeah, and that's um, another thing to think about too is that a lot of LGBT people hold. A lot, like a high percentage of their jobs are like the, a lot of us work in food service. A lot of us work in all these jobs that you're seeing, like massive layovers and massive layoffs, and and places that have had to close down, sometimes permanently. There's a um, there's a restaurant I know about in West Philly that they, from what I understand, someone I know that works there, they've uh, fired most of their people, and I think I don't know if that means they're closing down or they're downsizing, but I know I know. Personally, a lot of the people that worked there were LGBTQ, and this isn't just like, this isn't just Philly. This is like everywhere. Uh, restaurants have been super hard impacted by this because the majority of their business is people coming in and sitting down and tipping, and a lot of a disproportionate amount of 
restaurant workers and, and gig workers and stuff are LGBT. So not only are, you know, youth and people staying in homes that aren't comfortable, now they can't even go to work and get a reprieve from it. And they're not being able to make rent and they're not being able to get the things that they need. So it's it's like a double whammy. Yeah, there's so a couple things. Sandy, you mentioned an organization that helps support waiters and bar staff. Let me let me divide this into two. There is an organization that basically acts or is functioning sort of like a union, but it hasn't really organized to represent restaurant employees. It's called the Restaurant Opportunity Center, but they serve still as a resource to advocate for restaurant personnel. There are a number of independently organized fundraising efforts out there that are designed to provide restaurant and hospitality people with at least some support uh, while they're idle. The one I think I mentioned on the last show I was on was an independently, that's LGBTQ specific, is a, it's actually nationwide, it's in many other cities, but there's one here too, it's called Quarantine. This group, basically, uh, waiters, bartenders, other restaurant workers at uh, LGBT bars, restaurants not specifically LGBT, but the staff are, they put their Venmo or Cash App or PayPal IDs there, and you can tip them. Yes, yes, I remember that, and I sent that to, I I sent that to um, some folks that I know who do banquet work and and restaurant work. And the other thing that I wanted to acknowledge, I heard you, Griffin. I heard you. Um, I do teach. Um, I teach online classes, and so twofold. I just I sit on the board of Women Against Abuse, which is domestic violence, and. One of the things that has risen during this time is the increase of domestic violence, because now you're in the house with your abuser. And so I'm hearing what you're saying. Also, um, most universities have made announcements to um, allow students to reach out and say, hey, I need a break. Um, I just had a message earlier today and one within the last week from academic advisors saying we're allowing this student has requested a 30-day extension because of stuff that's happening. Um, and I get a message saying, wow. you approve it? So I approve it. Um, my question to you is, so are your classes, so all of my classes are online. I do lectures, record lectures. Sometimes I have conversations with students if they're having a hard time. Or some of, it sounds like some of your classes are where well, you're interacting via an environment like this where there's video. Mm-hmm. So my question is, how do, let me, let me back up some, Are pro, does pronouns come into that introduction? Well, absolutely, because um, I've heard several accounts of online classes in general before this, before this ever happened, um, being r- really bad with... Um, how they address people over online systems. Um, if there's, you know, students that are trans, that the online classes can be incredibly unfriendly to them. I've even heard of philosophy classes debating whether transness 
should be allowed as a philosophy topic in an online class, which is incredibly uh, inappropriate in on so many levels. What school is this? I I don't re- I don't really want to get into it because I don't want to, you know, and I don't know that it that a complaint was ever lodged, so I can't really. It will be if we mention it. Yeah, but. I think the other part of this, which is sort of what I'm getting at, is it's so up to how each teacher interprets this move to online order. I've heard horror stories of, you know, teachers whose kind of idea of what online classes are supposed to be is, oh, it's exactly like a normal class, just online. So that means... Lectures are during normal class time every day like they would normally be, as well as the same amount of work uh, or even more, like adding on more work because, you know, oh, all of a sudden class participation can't be measured in the same way. So, so really bothers me. Yeah, the the idea that, you know, oh, well, you know, this happened, but we're going to chug on like as as if it's completely normal when this is anything but normal this is this is this is the time to make allowances for people yeah and it bothers me because it's like they don't take into account people's different learning styles yeah at all that's one learning style that like we, you and me are talking about how we're having issues with this and i can't say that we both have the same learning styles or disabilities but like i i for one have adhd which is technically a learning disability and it's it is coming out in this because people like me and I have tinnitus and I like I have very specific things that have to do with like auditory and visual things. And it is hard for me to absorb information when I'm staring at a screen. I know that sounds weird because it's like, oh, it's like staring at a person. You can still see their visual cues, but yeah, it's really not. It's not the same thing as, as being in a room full of people. It doesn't have the same kind of... Um, it doesn't have the same kind of stimulation as, as being in there. And it doesn't account for people's different learning styles and people's different like learning capabilities. And that's what upsets me about it because there are people who are even more affected by it than I am that have different disabilities that make it even harder than I'm having it, you know, mm-hmm. that like, it's, it's almost impossible to learn just through a screen. So it's, that's what makes me mad about that statement about it. Like, Oh, we should pile on more work. It's easier. It's just like, it's easier for, one type of person maybe maybe even that right and so i i do also understand that a lot of this is like program dependent one of the big things going on deja please feel free to jump in oh yeah absolutely whenever whenever you want to (laughs) thanks for saying that because i've been on shows before where when you know i'm only supposed to speak during the segment that i'm supposed to be a part of oh yeah no very quiet no, yeah, no, no, you no. are, you like, are jump free, on to, free to chime in whenever you want to. Thank you. But so I know something going on with CCP in particular is that because CCP is, CCP is Community, Community College of Philadelphia. Right. Um, because their nursing program has to be a certain level of, um, re, you know, they, they have to maintain a certain, a certain level of like rigor. And it also needs to be, they also have a huge emphasis on like anti-cheating stuff that teachers in the, you know, biology teachers that do stuff for like nursing, you know, their hands are kind of tied as to what their department allows. 
So I do understand that kind of stuff. You know, a lot of it is, you know, you can't control what your college administration wants, you know, wants your students to go through. Um, at the same time, I've also heard of teachers whose departments are not as demanding, who are still being, who are still insisting on a, on a fully rigorous or even more intensely rigorous class experience because it's moved to online. I don't, I don't mean to step on teachers' toes. I, I'm sure, you know, that teachers know how to teach their classes. My, my, my point is that I feel like a lot of people can fail to recognize just how difficult certain households can be just because, you know, if we haven't been forced to think about it, we might not think about it. And that's not necessarily your fault, which is why I'm bringing it up right now. So that's, that's about it for my, for my point of view, I think. I, so I kind of feel like part of that is some of the argument that a lot of folks have when it comes to LGBTQ rights in general. You, you know, a lot of people are just like, oh, well, they already have rights. Like, why do they need special rights? And, you know, all of that. And I think right. like you bringing up the question that for LGBTQ students in particular, this time can be especially hard. There are a lot of people that already have that outlook and that includes teachers um, that, oh, well, they don't have it any harder than anybody else. Or, or So, of course, that's going to come in to play as well. And I think also we're seeing a little bit of a different time now where school used to be set up like it had to be like you mentioned for the nursing um, classes a certain amount of rigor but I think school in general was supposed to kind of push people to the test of just how much they could deal right. with thinking that oh they have to be prepared for real life and now you know times are changing we're saying no things don't always have to be that hard they don't always have to be that difficult so I think we just still have some folks that are kind of stuck in I guess, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, in old ways. Right. And I mean, to that. yeah, I mean, absolutely. School, you know, absolutely should come with a level of difficulty. But at the same time, it's also, we're also living in a point where um, higher education is, is like necessary to survive in many places mm -hmm. that, that like it is, it is essential to earning a wage that is, fair, livable, um, and even might not even guarantee that, but it increases your chances of getting that a little bit. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and one of the things that I tell my students is right now I'm teaching MBA courses, but I've taught undergrad. I've taught first generation students undergrad. And what I say to them is, have you cried yet? Um, and the most of the funniest thing I ever saw when I was teaching a first generation class in Harrisburg was my class was mostly male, mostly but majority, probably 85 percent were African-American males. I'm sorry. You taught in Harrisburg? University of Harrisburg. Harrisburg University. Yes. In Harrisburg? Yeah. What? When? I probably it's been a year since I've been there. On campus, yeah. So the class was mostly African-American men, um, probably 2% females. And when I said that, most of the, it was the males that raised their hands. Yes, I've cried. I tell my students now when I get that panic email, I call them and I say, 
crying is natural. There may not be any crying in baseball, but in college, there is crying because <laughs> it's, it's meant to push you in ways that you've never been pushed before. I tell them a story of probably halfway through my doctoral program, maybe 33% through my doctoral program. I sent this panicked email the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. I think it was after I finally got everything in the oven. And it's like one o'clock in the morning, this panicked email to my chair. And um, I ended it with, I mean, it was long. It was long and kind of ranting and I'm losing my mind. And oh my God, I was having a breakdown. And I sent her this long thing and I said, I know it's, you know, tomorrow's Thanksgiving and we're closed until Monday. It can hold until Monday, but I just need, I was just having, I was having a break. I was having a breakdown. It wasn't a breakthrough, it was a breakdown. So the next morning I get up and, you know, folks are off to the parade. I'm doing all this stuff. And it's about 10 o'clock, my phone rang and it was my chair. And I'm going, oh, my God, I didn't mean for you to call me on the holiday. She said, eh, wow. you seem like you were kind of losing it because the rant went on. It looked like you were talking for, like, I don't know, 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. Um, she said, the turkey's in the oven. The house is clean. The guests aren't here yet. And you seem like you needed to talk to someone. Aww. Just that conversation alone. And she pr pretty much, we didn't talk anything about what I was complaining. And, oh, my God, oh, my God. She just walked me off of the cliff. That's important too, something you bring okay. up about like being there for each other. It's like um, yes. when I was in college, I saw a girl in my one of my classes and I saw that she had she had cuts up her arm and mm -hmm. I could see out of the corner of my eye that she kind of kept like pulling at her sleeve and and stuff like that. And I had just gone through something where I was harming myself in the same way. And I was, like, no means over it, and I was no by no means, like, done with uh, the self-harm or anything, but, like, I just kind of thought to, like, turn to her, and I wrote her a little note, and I passed it over to her, and it was, like, kind of an anxious moment for me, because I thought, well, she could either, like, see that and be like, screw you, what are you talking about, and, like, get angry with me, but, like, it's worth the chance, and I just wrote her a note that just said, like, because I didn't know what to say, I didn't know her, what she was going through, but you don't need to, sometimes it's as simple as, as being like, hey, I have them too. I do this too. Like I know where your headspace is at. I understand if you ever need to talk. And I just slurred this note. And like you know, it's been six years since that time. And she's come to me and told me that that was like a huge turning point for her. That somebody reached out for her. And we've been friends ever since. But like, she told me that like it's one of the things that helped her pull through and not drop out and not hurt herself anymore and do anything that she would have regretted. And sometimes it's really, you think that it, like you have that moment, right? Where you see somebody that has, is hurt or is doing something um, to themselves. And you think, well, like I might be embarrassed. I might embarrass myself or I might embarrass them if I say something or like, it's not really going to matter. What, what can I really do? I don't know them. But like, sometimes it literally is all it takes is to have a stranger to just like, give you a leg up for a second, you know, just give you a pat on the back and be like, yeah, this Absolutely. sucks. I'm sorry. I'm here with you. And I don't know. Sometimes they're just like, so just do it. Just do that. If you see it, I know it's like hard to break through that mental barrier of like, should I pass this comfort zone? But like, you could really help somebody. Yeah. And you know what? And that's what I try to do. The conversation rarely gets back on the academics. It's just letting them know that this is normal. I cried. And sometimes that's all you have to do is just be kind to someone. 
and I'm looking, I'm trying to go through my computer while we're talking, but Deja, on your Facebook page, I actually captured this somewhere as a screenshot somewhere, and I can't find it. Underneath your name, what does it say? I have two. I have, like, the political one, and then I have the one that I use every day. The political one I rarely use anymore, but... It says, proud, proud trans woman, activist and advocate, fighting for all humans. We are all in this together. I actually screenshotted that because I wanted to bring that up. So I think what we're talking about ties into that. You know, we're, we're, we're fighting for all humans. We all have different platforms like minus domestic violence. And um, there's some other ones, but as, as you know, but, but we're putting in the work, you know, and it's, it's about humans. It's about humanity and it's about being human and, and, and when I said I heard you, Griffin, I heard you. I heard you, and it's I'm going to take that back to my classrooms, you know, um, take it back to my communication with my students, you know, to make sure that I'm going that extra step. Because sometimes I, you think you are, but, but you need to put it in your head going, people are going through this. And I'm getting messages from the university going, you know, we're all going through whatever, but they hear it from someone in a one-on-one conversation really helps it drive home. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I, I would say, Renee, that in, in the amount of time that I've known you, Renee, I am not worried that you would fail to be there for your students. I, I, I feel like you are an incredible advocate. Oh, so that, so I was not addressing you in any way. No, I didn't think you were speaking to me. Um, and I know that the other day when you talked about you wanted to talk about what it means to be a student, I'm just saying as an educator, I hear you, something that my therapist said to me, and I suffer from chronic PTSD and some other stuff. At some point, um, my, therapist, uh, my therapist and I were talking about something, and Deja and I talked about this earlier, how I'm a totally different person. The way I respond to situations is completely different. But my therapist and I were talking about something about a year or so ago. I don't even know what the topic was. And she ended by saying, you know, it's like Maya Angelou says, it's people don't remember what you say, what you do, all of these things, but they remember how you make them feel. And I was just like, yeah. oh. Oh, yeah, I love that quote. You, I had never heard this. So you're talking to someone who went through child abuse and then domestic, domestic violence and because of me going through all of that, I never considered this concept because it was foreign to me. And I literally stopped her and I said, whoa, say that again? I had never even considered this. This had never crossed over my path because of my history. And it stuck with me so much to this day that people remember how you make them feel. And it's Help me to have more wusa moments, if you will. Wusa? I'm not sure what you mean by that. By wusa moment? You know, when you're, when you're doing yoga or you're meditating, you go wusa, wusa, wusa. I don't think it's, it's is it wusa? I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. All right, Sandy and Deja, you got to help me here. Sometimes the I'm the, usually I'm the only person and the oldest person in the room, and I go and they're going who what you guys have heard of Wusa, right? Very often, Wusa. Why should I travel in those circles at the time when I was much younger? Oh, so I'm dating myself, Deja. Am I dating myself here? 
<laughs> no, I would think that everybody would know what a woo moment is. But then again, maybe that's, you know, me being dated at this point. <laughs> I, yeah, so I, know, I think I'm Go ahead. As, far as, as far as meditation phrases, I know ohm, and that's about it. <laughs> but I'm not a, I'm not really well, into. Woo-sa was more like a, ohm was more meditation. Woo-sa was that moment where you're kind of taking that breath and um uh okay thinking yeah to something okay that makes okay. sense i mean i'm I, you're going through this and i've got nam yoho renge kyo <laughs> we are going to move on and but that was i mean i think the pronoun segment i think it was appropriate to end that with the wusa wusa mm-hmm. so sandy is our occasional co-host so sometimes it's just myself and griffin and fox and fox you are millennial yes and griffin you are gen gen z right gen z yeah gen z so sometimes i am the i'm the only baby boomer in the room so sometimes there is a communication gap a little bit but thank you guys for being here and helping to explain something Um, (laughs) there are two boomers in the room tonight Yes, yes. So we are going to move on. So I'm going to flip that back a little bit. And Fox's um, rant corner. Yes, I'm going to bring Fox back. Um, I want to get to Deja. And Deja, I have, we have been connecting on, inboxing on, like you Facebook, like you said, for a while on so many topics. Every time I see you rah-rah something on Facebook, I'm going, oh my God, we got to talk about that on the show. We got to talk about that on the show. And then when we talked, I guess about a week ago, confirming tonight's show, you were like, well, okay, yes, all that stuff is going on, but let's talk about coronavirus and folks not distancing in this whole topic. So yeah, what have you been seeing? I have been seeing a lot of the false information. I've been seeing a lot of the conspiracy theories. I've been seeing a lot of people trying to find a way to be in denial. And I recognize some of it is just simply that we've never been through, no one who's alive today, or at least almost no one that's alive today, has ever experienced anything even close to this. So sometimes our mind just doesn't grasp it. So they're they're trying to find other ways to explain it away. So it's conspiracy theories and the false information. And I work in public health and politics and I'm still going to work every day. And we have over 450 patients that most of them are at high risk, whether it's HIV, whether it's diabetes, whether it's hep C or cancer or whatever it is. So uh, my own mother just a couple of months ago had three heart attacks and, wow. you know, like I dropped everything and went running, you know, down there and spent a week at the hospital with her until she was able to come home. So I think about all of these people when I see this misinformation and I see the conspiracy theories and I have to have my woo-saw moments about 10 times a day because mm-hmm. I have to. Oh my God. Yeah. I can imagine. I have to stop and breathe before I respond to these things that I'm seeing, because a lot of it is from people that I know and I love and that I know are good people and that I know um, are folks that would never want to harm anyone purposely and don't 
realize that what they're doing by putting out false information, what they're doing by sharing the conspiracy theories are putting a lot of these folks at risk. And I think that's what a lot of that's where a lot of folks are missing. So when I see the the stuff, I you know, I, I comment and hey, you do know that this isn't true. You know, here's the actual facts about this. And sometimes I get a good response, sometimes I get a bad response. And um, so I had to make a post the other day just saying, Hey, if you are on my friends list and I've responded to anything that you've posted, please know it comes from my heart. It comes because I care. And as much as I want to try and ignore it, I can't because I just, I, I feel like if I don't at least make an attempt to make sure that they know the truth and that the other people looking at this know the truth, then I'm not um, being me. Right. So, yes, it, someone just sent me an inbox. They inboxed me this morning and gave and added all of these things on there that we should be doing. Now, I'm happy to see that folks are sharing information, but my response to them has become my template re response that says, the information you're sharing is not true. Please yes. only cite sources that are related to, or if you're unsure what you're seeing, posting or what to post, post something from the Center for Disease Control, the CDC, post something from who, WHO. Um, but the things that they were saying was absolutely insane. It was just like, you can't get it by brushing your teeth, but if you gargle this way, you can't. It was that ridiculous. I mean, oh it was God. just like, it was crazy. And I, I said, please don't share this. I had somebody um, trying to argue with me the other day who was saying that um, they had posted this video from a woman that was claiming to be a healthcare worker, um, but you could immediately tell, yes, she was in the hospital, but you could tell she was either somebody that was, um, I'm trying to think of what they call it, like more of like a hospitality worker in okay. the hospital, not an actual medical professional. And she did this whole video and it was... Oh, child, they lying to you about this coronavirus and they this and they that. And I'm like, how could anybody watch this for the first five seconds and believe anything this woman is saying as, you know, a, a reliable source? And then she said, a virus can't survive over 80 degrees and this and that and the other. So I, I said, I wrote on my girlfriend's page and I said, girl, we have known each other 20 years. I know you know better. I said, but I'll just debunk a couple of things she said. Let's start with a, a, this virus can't survive over 80 degrees. We as humans are the host of this virus. All of our bodies are at 98 degrees. So if it can't survive over 80 degrees, how are we the host? Even, even in Celsius, I don't think that's true. Even in... I, even if you were 80 degrees Celsius, that's that's not even boiling. Like, I, I don't think that's even true. Well, well, here's the thing. I received a message similar to that, and it was, here are the things you need to do. Don't do this. Don't do that. And it was just like, so this one is from someone that has health issues. So you know that this is true. And I'm going, wait a minute, health issues? This is not a medical? A, 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 this is someone that has... So I'm a diabetic, so that makes me an authority. I mean, it's just the things that, that are out there are just, the you are the killing people. 
Yes. Yes. It it was. Oh my goodness. It was crazy. Absolutely yeah, crazy. That, that was one of my rants on my Facebook the other day was if you're sharing this type of information and you're promoting these conspiracy theories, you literally are as responsible for the number of deaths as the White House at this point. Because let's not yes. forget that we're we're in a time where not only can you please stop sharing the information that you heard at the corner store when you were buying your soda mm -hmm. from the people that hang out there, but also don't share the information from the White House because it's about as reliable. I right? I I had to write I had to write an article for the school newspaper about the about the coronavirus and the information at the time that was reliable and also linked to CDC and the World Health Organization for accurate information, which I emphasize is like, this information will probably change. If it does change, or if it doesn't, just keep checking these. Mm -hmm. But what I had to, but what I had to say was, this journalist does not recommend getting your information about the virus from White House press briefings. <laughs> Because it is literally so dangerous to listen, yes. or at least it was at that point. I guess it's gotten ever so slightly better, but it's oh, still no. dangerous. No. no. Yes. No, yes. No. I haven't. Been, I haven't been keeping up. Uh, so we do okay. actually listen, watch, listen to the White House press briefings mainly because I need some comic relief every day. <laughs> I mean, good for you. I think my blood pressure can't really handle that. Yes. I wish that I could find the comedy in it, but it actually, yeah. I bet you if I had a blood pressure monitor mm -hmm. on, if somebody turned him on in front of me, I guarantee that that monitor would like spike. <laughs> like, yeah. Right, and that's what I have to do. If, if, if I hear um, the president of the United States at a press conference. I we don't, don't really listen to him. I mute it. And then I wait for the interpretation by CNN or some other reliable news source who's telling me what the real information is and not what he's saying. Well, you know, one of the, the, the things, a uh, hashtag that tends to trend at some of these sessions is, where's Fauci? Right. You know. Yes. He's, yes. he's the... And here's the thing I feel about Fauci. I feel like there's a couple of things with him. I, I think he's trying to maintain some semblance of uh, reasoning there. He's trying to figure out a way to make sure that the information, the best he can, gets to us and maintain his job. Right. Yes. Well, to be honest with you, I think actually... Trump isn't as dumb as we all think he is. I think he understands if he were to sack, if sack Fauci, much though he might like to. He that he'd have catch, no consequences at all? Well, no. He would catch on <laughs> holy hell even from his own party. I do. You know, I don't actually think that that's true. Um, Thank you. I, 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 I've been in contact with someone who's... Um, whose parents work for some government office. Um, I, I don't actually know. Um, but what they've, but what they've said is from what their parents are telling, are telling them is the, the responses that they should reasonably put in like, and this is across all departments, like the park service and like the IRS, like, mm -hmm. you know, every serve, every like public federal service, 
that needs to have like um, a real response to the coronavirus is way behind or completely on hold because whoever is in the administration is a loyalist and doesn't want to step on the president's toes or is not a loyalist and is being blocked every step of the way because their political leanings or who they were put in place by is inconvenient. Um, and so what I, what I've kind of asked is like, imagine, imagine knowing that you're, that you doing your job will save lives, but having to swear fealty to someone who is asking every part of government to spread misinformation to be able to keep your job. I think on a daily basis, Trump, McConnell, um, Graham um, have shown us over and over and over again that any measure of practicality or uh, uh, common sense or protection that we thought we had in place by the way we had government divided up and having right. a Senate and a House and all of that. Right. He's shown us that none of that actually matters and that they can get away with doing whatever they want, however they want, when they want, and then look us in the eye and either say, oh, that's not what happened. Even when there's a video playing right next to them showing that they said that happened last week. Right. Or they just look at us and say, yeah, it happened. So what? Right. So what? And yep. you're the one that's wrong for thinking it's wrong. Yes. Ooh, whoever took that screenshot caught me in the worst possible moment. Yeah, me too, oh, Renee. Sorry. Was, that yeah. me? was that me? I'm sorry. I, so. I was just like, oh, what is oh what does this button do? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm always pressing some button on technology. You know, I almost pushed that button because I thought it was the full screen button. And then I was like, wait, I don't think I think this is actually the camera button. This is why I know so much about technology yeah. because I'm always pressing. Oh, what does this do? I was yeah. like, oh, look, I put the screen in the center. Oh, I didn't know it was a screenshot. I'm sorry. So I'm going to. You realize, you realize, Doctor, that one of those buttons you push actually destroyed a city somewhere in the Midwest. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the nuke button, Renee. Why did you push that one? <laughs> So I'm going to read you guys something to end this segment. Well, I'll give everyone a final kind of go around round table for this segment so we can move on. But my go, my, my takeaway from this segment is something that I saw on social media and it says, give Trump a chance. They said three years later, the whole country is unemployed in the house, wiping their butts with coffee filters. And I just, I saw that and it was just so appropriate. Um, so oh God, if we want to really do a funny. little, yeah, round robin and folks just kind of give us a few words on this topic um, and we'll go on to Miss Fox. Deja, do you have a few words to end that segment? Some parting uh, words for us? Whoever is listening to this, please know that there are actual lives at stake. And even if you don't feel as though your life is at stake, other people's lives are at stake. And keep that in your mind when you are sharing information or um, 
you know, saying things like, oh, this isn't as bad. Oh, one more thing that really bothers me, and I have to get this out. <laughs> I am all about positivity. I am all about uplifting. I don't believe in attacking people, tearing people down, doing all that, unless you absolutely have to. That's just not my thing. And anybody that has followed me on social media can see I rarely ever get into it with anybody. But this whole notion that people posting, well, 96% of the people have survived, you know, with no um, after effects or anything. Why aren't we posting that? Why isn't the media posting that? Instead, they're just posting the deaths. Please, for the love of all that is whatever you believe in, realize that if we start doing that, even less people are going to take the precautions that we're trying to get everyone to take. We have to show people that this is real and it is killing folks. Um, or a lot of people, they're just going to focus on that number and they're going to be like, oh, well, it's only a few people. So please understand that's why the press is not sharing that. The press has to show us how bad this is because we need to realize how bad this is in order for us to practice the safety precautions necessary for us to change this. Exactly. So there we go. Yeah, also there we a, go. 90, a 96% um, no consequences rate that means that one in 20 people has is either severe consequences or dies. Imagine one in 20 people dying. I was just looking for my calculator. I was just looking for my calculator going, yeah. people, one in 96, hmm. honey, or 96%, that's 4%. Looking at how many people were on planet yeah. Earth, um, that's yeah, that's a big number. That's, yeah. Something else people tend to forget. You know, diseases, most diseases don't kill that many people. Not even the worst flu outbreak. So a 4% mortality rate it's actually pretty freaking bad. Yeah. People forget about the flu and it's like 0.01%. So. Yeah. The, the, the influenza pandemic in 1918, people are comparing this to that frequently. I'm a big believer in history. And actually the historical parallels are quite apt. Yeah. Right, anyway. So, right. So if we did the total, what's our global pop population times times the 4%? Can we just put some numbers out there, please? Seven and a half numbers. billion. Oh, God. I don't even. How many zeros is that? <laughs> Seven, five, zero, 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 zero. <laughs> my calculator doesn't even get that high, guys. <laughs> I okay, hold on. What are we trying to do? 96% out of 7.5 billion? No, actually, actually, I'm sorry. I was doing I promise wrong. You all I'm, I'm just dumb. To make us sound not like <laughs> we don't do that. No, I was, um, 4% I was, of 7.5 billion is 300 million. I'm about to ask Alexa. <laughs> hey, there Alexa, you go. Of 7.5 billion. This might answer your question. 4% of 7.5 is 0 0.3. Yeah, what? so I got That's 300, 300 million. million. Yeah. Wait, what? 300 million? Well, yep. that's, the, that's what we need to say. It's only 4%, but do you want to be part of the how many? How many? 300 million? Billion? Yep. 300 million. Right. That is that is literally Whoa, how many people live global. in America. I don't realize how many people there actually are 
in the world yeah. when they think of a percentage they're just like i i have trouble with it i have trouble we we have humans actually have a type of brain that has problems conceptualizing the size of things relative to ourselves so like we have a hard time imagining things that are so big we cannot physically imagine them so it's really hard to think yeah that there's more that there's even more than 300 million people on the earth but that's only three what four percent of the population that is insane we can't imagine it but we have to because like it's what is reality yeah there's not even two million people in philadelphia but i think we would have trouble we we can't we cannot visualize we're already two million people just in philadelphia i think the the count how many as morning I, the count as of this morning i believe was 104 deaths in philadelphia Deaths in philadelphia they've already moved in one refrigerated tractor trailer to one of yeah. the hospitals oh to that's the part that's as scary of, for me as that's of the part that's scary today, as of time of recording is the important yeah. part here because it's going to go way up by the time this yeah. airs and, 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 they, and, and today is april the 9th it's my dad's birthday. Happy birthday, dad. Oh, really? It's yeah, also my boyfriend's today. birthday. Aww. Happy birthday, everyone. Happy birthday. Happy today, birthday, they Will. also started burying bodies in parks in New York because they don't have anywhere else to put them. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Also, dad, sorry, and your birthday shout out was such a great Without seeing their family, without their families being in contact or knowing, it, it's just, I just don't think people grasp just how bad this is. No, they don't. And they won't until the aftermath. Um, mm-hmm. They won't. They won't. And that's actually what um, my rant is about, is that there are ripple effects of the coronavirus that aren't just the deaths, which are obviously the worst part. But there's a couple different parts of it that people don't think about. So there, so FEMA.gov, everyone knows what FEMA is, uh, I hope. And No, could you could you tell us what it stands for? It is the Federal Emergency Management Agency. And they is still missing $7 billion from back when they were founded. Yes. Yes, yes. And they actually have an entire page. You can check it out. FEMA.gov slash coronavirus hyphen rumor hyphen control. They have an entire page dedicated to controlling the rumors that are spreading around about coronavirus because it's become that bad and people think oh rumors 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 are just rumors but there is a lot of misinformation that's going around that is causing ripple effects like we were talking about to other areas and one of those things is um the who has seen a giant surge of uh growing numbers of fake medications and fake masks that are linked to coronavirus that are on sale in developing countries. And some of them have serious side effects. Um, One expert warned of a parallel pandemic of substandard and falsified products. So some of these products are harming people. Some of these products are harming people, you know, because they think it's going to treat something and because it's not, Um, but also because they have side effects and they're not real medications. So that's one thing that's really horrible that's happening, but also, there's just a lot of misinformation going around. And we talked about this once in a previous um, episode, but there are cyber attacks going on all around the net that have to do with coronavirus. People trying to steal your information, people trying to steal 
um, your credit card information, your personal information, and one of the ways that they do that is that they will they will do uh, they'll they'll kind of they'll mimic a website that's credible, and for the untrained eye, it's really easy to not catch it. So it'll be something like www. You know, cdc.gov, which is the real app. CDC.gov slash, uh, you know, coronavirus, blah, 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 slash something else, slash. And at the end of those slashes, it'll say dot HTML. That is how you will know that it is a fraudulent website. The CDC.gov can only ever end in dot com slash something. There can never be a dot HTML after the dot com. That is how you know it's a, is not a credible website. It's been happening with the World Health Organization. It's been happening with the Red Cross. It's happening all over. And their point of these things is to seem like they're credible. And then they'll ask you for information. They'll ask you to buy things. They'll ask you for all of these things that will basically make you vulnerable uh, to a cyber attack. And it's really horrible because, you know, it's really, really exemplifying people preying on unvulnerable people. And it's not just happening on the web. I don't know if you noticed. I got this weird lull in my spam calls. I, I got, I got. Like, you know, people same. Me. Yeah, people yeah. stopped calling now me. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, until uh, like a week ago, I didn't get any Ooh. calls, and then I suddenly started getting calls, and it's coming out now that a lot of the same people that are doing like the cyber attacks, and I found these through a couple of different sources online. The, the same people that are doing these cyber attacks are making phone calls. So they're making spam phone calls about the coronavirus. Oh, we got your test results back. Or, oh, wow. you know, are you kidding me? Sale. We had the surplus back in sale. And they'll call and they'll try to get your information. Oh. So it's despicable. Oh it's terrible. So if anyone, no, no, by the way, no government agency will ever ask you for information on the phone. They'll never ask you information on the phone. Right. They'll never ask you for payment information on the phone in that way. So if they, if that ever happens, don't immediately know that that's not right. They'll even yeah. think, like if you have call forwarding and it gives you a name. I think some of them have found out a way to make that name say something like, oh, God, I got one once that was like U.S. Congress, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's wild, the, the amount of uh, fraudulent calls and, 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 and sites that there are right now trying to gather information to, to prey on vulnerable people with the pandemic going around. It's mind-boggling. Speaking, speaking of these like scams and stuff, one of, the, one of the things in this FEMA thing is rumor, is the government sending everyone money? And it's basically saying a, a stimulus package has been passed, but don't don't believe anything telling you that they can get you the money right now as of time of recording. Um, oh my goodness. Ugh. That it's that it's 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 Ugh. not going to be that. But but something that I forgot to mention um is that as of right now um the third stimulus package has been passed. Now they're talking about a fourth. The third stimulus package that includes money sent to um quote all Americans excludes people 17 or older who file as dependents. So that, in that includes older high school students, yep. a lot oh, of college students, and just about anybody else who needs to file as a dependent for any reason. So 
by no means is this going to every American. This is actually this is actually excluding vast amounts of people, including I guess the majority of college students in America. So, and and I, I just want to, as an accountant, I'm going to switch my hats over from the many hats that I wear. As an <laughs> accountant, the reasoning for that is that the person who is claiming you, mm-hmm. whether it's your parent or guardian, whoever that is, they get that credit. Okay. Um, the only way to, so normally, so when my daughter left for college at 18, no, she did not get to claim herself until... She was from under my care. So I'm paying college tuition. I'm taking care of her. I am claiming her in my income tax return. Okay. She does not get to work and claim herself for the pennies that she's making compared to the money that I'm making and taking care of her as a minor. And right. I know it seems unfair. Well, but, 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 I'm, the, but other, mm-hmm. the other part of this is that if you're under 17, the person that's claiming you as so if you're a child your dependent Uh gets five hundred dollars if you're if you're under 17 if you're 17 or older there is no there is nothing coming for you at this moment but can't the adult so let's say that you are so you so let me make sure i heard this right so my child is 21 they're in college I'm claiming them on my tax return. Do I get that five hundred dollars? So you're saying no, no? You get you get nothing for that person. Uh, As of right now. Uh, and no um, one's complained or barked about that. Well, every, uh, pretty much a lot of people are freaking out about it, but it's it is a major loophole of this thing because they had to base it on IRS tax return stuff, and mm-hmm. IRS tax return stuff doesn't really take this stuff into account. Um, so everyone's like, oh, well, you know, we just have to wait until the next stimulus package, which is going to be the fourth stimulus package. It also um, doesn't take into account, like, different situations. This is what I have an issue with for a lot of right. things. Right. There like, are I lots have... of reasons you could file yeah. as a dependent. Well, no, that too, that too and, like, the whole – it just going off of that anyway is because, like, for someone like me, when I file taxes every year, I had to do it so many different times because I had so many different jobs throughout the year. I was like, I had way less jobs one year. I had a different job or I had five different jobs in one year. And like your income can change so much in one year. So like, what if you had a, for once you had a decent job in 2019, but now this year you've had a really terrible low paying job and you've, and, or like you lost your job and now it's going off your last tax return. Right. That's just like regular taxes. But that's actually what I was going to bring up too, is because like, one twelve hundred dollar check. Who's what is that going to do? Right. Like, what is that going to do? First off, not a lot of people's rent is much lower than that. Mm. And mm. Um, uh, the Wall Street Journal did a study, and nearly a third of U.S. apartment renters didn't pay any of their able rent during the first week of the month. And wow, that. I mean, there is also a rent strike going on. Um, yeah, and it, right. The so I mean, so hard. I mean, in 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 not defense, but just as a counter to that, I think it was still um, a good show of reducing the panic. Because I I remember how I felt when it was like a pandemic, really. And I think we all kind of grappled with kind of understanding that that so we're going to send something out. Twelve hundred dollars is not a lot, yeah. but. Right now, it's probably 
It's going to do something. And who's to say what's going to come down the road? There are a lot of yeah. resources out there from, so I know that in Philadelphia, um, you, um, I don't know how to word this, your gas, electric, your water bills, you don't have to pay those right now and they will not cut you off. Um, I was able to reach out to my um, mortgage holder and say mm. um, the home equity loan, I had to go through a special process, but literally was, I applied on a Friday night and Monday I got a phone call, it was done. They suspended my mortgage payment for three months. No questions asked, mm. okay? Um, line of credit, no problem. Click one button on the website. So there are a lot of resources that are out there. There are a lot of food banks and food services like the Salvation Army it gives away food every day to help. So the $1,200 a month is not meant to end, but it was like, here are some band-aids, here are some resources. So I think for folks who were spreading rumors about, you know, gargling three times while jumping on one foot, maybe should be sharing, here are some places you can go get food, you can get medical assistance. Um, one of the things that I was going to add for the newsworthy or not is community legal services is still taking clients over the phone. Um, at 215-981-3700. That's in Philadelphia Community Legal Services. So there's lots of resources out there. It's not an end-all. Um, and depending on how long this lasts, I'm sure there will be other concessions and other things that are made. But there's a lot of organizations that are stepping up and saying um, apartment building owners, you know, you don't have to pay your rent. But there's, there's a lot of resources. So it's not meant to be a lot. But I think they come up with $1,200 because it could have been 300 You know what I'm saying? I've seen worse. It's true, um, but I feel like it's kind of like a Band-Aid situation. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's like, it's also, it's a Band-Aid situation that's almost like a, a backhanded one. Because if you've seen a lot of these, like, lawmakers that either passed it or disagreed with it, a lot of Republican lawmakers were talking about it in such a way where they're just like, well, I mean, people can live off of $1,200 for a couple of months. Why would they need more than that? Here's this. Why don't they just shut up over there? You You'd know, be it's surprised. Very, like, yes. Well, no, taken. that's true. But like Take. some people with kids, some people with like payments, people have a lot more to pay for than just rent. And a lot of, I know a lot of, I've heard of a lot of landlords still not adhering, like personal private yeah. landlords, not adhering to a rent freeze. And someone, I've been seeing this quote well, a lot. They didn't actually roll out a rent freeze. They didn't yeah, exactly. do that. Like, they did a mortgage, like you can contact your mortgage lender. Mortgage, yeah. They didn't actually roll out a rent freeze. And what right. I'm seeing is a lot of folks ended up, their property managers and property management companies are still charging them the late fees for not being able to pay their rent in April. So exactly. they continue to incur those. And then also, I also want to be real clear, this $1,200, one, it was not the Republicans' idea. Two, the Republicans fought it until they could figure out a way how to make themselves look like the hero for it. So right, they're right. trying this out. Like, everybody is saying, so was Trump sending out that check? First of all, this is not Trump's money. He's not the one sending it out. He just wanted to make sure he was the one on the microphone to tell everybody they were going to get it so that Absolutely. it would get him back. In yeah, good PR. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, I know a lot of Republicans were fighting. They're like, do they really need that much? Oh, right. God. Like, Bernie Sanders like is that was so much. Bernie Sanders is push is pushing for two thousand dollars for every for every person monthly. Yeah. Um, which would be, at you know, that would address a lot more things. That would be. Which, it's like. Well, here's my thing. So the Republicans are like, 
you know, I remember hearing the discussion around unemployment too, and given the extra $600 a week for unemployment, well, that's going to make some of the people be lazy and that's going to make them do this. And, and, you know, for, for years, we've heard them say, um, you know, they should plan better. They, right, they right. should work harder. My thing is this, if you're going to tell me as someone that lives paycheck to paycheck, that I should plan better, that I should be smarter, that I should save my money for times like this. Why aren't you telling the airlines and the big multi-billion and trillion dollar corporations the same thing? Why don't you plan better? Why yeah. didn't you save $7 billion because you made $80 billion last year? Why do you need another bailout? You should have planned better. And let's take that bailout money and bail out the people of this country because when this is over, it's not the corporations that are going to keep this country moving forward. It's the people that are going to be able to go back out and buy the airline tickets and buy the cruise line tickets and shop in the stores and order their stuff. And we are the backbone. I'm tired of people thinking corporations and companies are the backbone of this country because they're not. It's right. us working our our fingers i'm trying not to curse it's so hard it's so hard like we're working our fingers to the bone to spend the money on these things but without us spending that money that corporation doesn't keep this country afloat we do and that's the bottom line so that twelve hundred dollars instead of giving you know the the corporations that money give it to us so we can continue buying the things that we need we can continue paying our bills we can keep our electric on the electric company gets paid the you know the grocery stores get paid the online services get paid that keeps the economy moving bailing that corporation out does not keep the economy moving right keeping us going keeps exactly. the and even and even and what they've been saying since the beginning is that even if individuals don't need this money, even if they have some left over at the end, they'll put it back into the economy by spending it, which will exactly. avert an economic downturn. So they there is like literally no, there is no reason not to send this money. Exactly. And like I said, unless I feel you're like an ideologue, you know, it's like a bandit one time fix. Here you go. Here's some money. Don't ask anything else from us. This is just to stimulate the economy and the fact is, it's also taking a long time. What like what are people suffering with right now that it's taking so long to get to them? And they yeah. act like, number one, there isn't a, a, a rent freeze. So I, I keep hearing a quote that I love, that one stimulus check without a rent freeze is just a landlord bailout, which yeah. is true. Wow. Because I that's know a few people whose rent costs less than $1,200, especially in the city. And even if it does... Even if it's $900, you still need enough money to get your groceries, get your groceries for your kids. People don't understand how expensive groceries are, especially when you have multiple mouths to feed. And um, medications, other things that are necessary that people don't think about. They say it's an economic stimulus, but this is just a keep your head above the water stimulus. And it's not even coming right now. It's not even coming when people need it. And it's a one-time thing. Right, I mean, the the earliest, if... Right. If you filed, they said it's going out on the 15th, but folks who didn't file or I was in a store the other week and I heard a guy saying, yeah, I have to do something because I don't use that bank anymore. Um, And then people who get mail checks, they're saying, but it's going to take six to nine months to get that. Like, are you kidding me? Hey, you know what? And people were so quick to change their tune over that twelve hundred dollars. I, they were so excited. And I'm like, really? I kind of almost feel like you're willing to sell out for 1200 bucks. Because it's socialism. Right. 
It is though. It's socialism. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, whoops. It's almost like adult. socialism is a bit better at keeping people alive in hard times or something, you know. Uh, yeah, right. Whoopsie. Yeah. Anyway, we just had, a, we just had like a throwaway rant and I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, should probably well, move I, on I to our other corrected. segments. The, the the accountant in me stands down. No, I understand. I totally it does. It does. Guys. It is nice and it's good and it's like it's a nice uh, reprieve, but like it's not enough by any means, especially when you're not considering the bailouts that like corporations are getting, and it's just it's a band aid. And I don't like the backhanded way a lot of Republicans are talking about. And considering that Trump just fired the person that was going to be in charge of the oversight for the stimulus package, because that was a hold up from the House and the Senate, because they said, nope, we're not going to pass this so that you have free reign over that bailout money. So then they agreed and said, "Okay, fine, you can form the committee. And now Trump and his cronies fired the person that was going to be in charge of that committee and they're going to replace them with their own person. So actually what they just did, they passed the stimulus. They're going to give all of us the usual peanuts while they're all sitting up there cutting up their state. Right. It feels wow. like hush money. It really does. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, you know, it did. Well, I was hoping that, okay, this is just the start. This is for right now. Later, we're going to get more. You know, right. how long has it been? It's still it's possible. Been and plus, people that don't have bank accounts, the amount of time that it's going to get to them is like right. Uh, by the time they get to it, they're going to have to use it immediately to buy the things that they need. And then what? What's, right. what's going to come after? And then they're going to go to the check cashing place, who's going to take a big chunk of it. Right. Next, we're going to move on to gas queue. So, I do have some. If you don't, we had Naima Sanchez on. Um, a few months ago. So gas Q is gay answers to straight questions because we have all at some point been asked some ridiculous question. Um, and when Naima came on, she said, hey, gas Q, how about TQ? Did I get that right? TQ? So, um, yes, trans Q. So, um, Deja, do you have a Gay answers to tra- straight question or transgender like, the, question for or craziest question you've gotten as a trans woman from like straight people or, or people that aren't trans friendly. Do you have any like questions you've gotten? Ooh, um, I know, right? I mean, I'm sure it's a huge yeah. Alert. Sorry, to, sorry to unearth this stuff. So, <laughs> and, and while you're thinking about that, so this segment is meant to educate. It's not going to say, it's not going to say that it's not going to be a few key he's in the background. So our goal is to educate people and we want people to ask questions. We want to be able to provide answers to those questions. Mm-hmm. But although sometimes they're just like, yeah, um, it usually ends up, it usually ends up being giving a well thought out answer to a not in good faith question. Right. Well, what I always tell folks, I do this in my trainings, I do this in my speaking engagements, when I'm giving lectures, whatever. I always tell folks that, um, you know, I'm an open book. And I would much rather you ask me, even if you think it might be disrespectful or ignorant, um, I would rather you say it to me. And I'm also very big on intentions. Sometimes you can tell somebody will ask you the most offensive question in the world. But you realize that they're not coming from a bad place. Well, and those are the hardest ones because you want to just be like, mm, you know, but then you're like, uh, 
last year I got asked on the campaign trail um, by a journalist oh. um, <laughs> about, <laughs> they, actually, they didn't mean it because they were so nervous they've never interviewed a trans person let alone one that's running for office oh. and one that's a platform like I have so they were, I could see they were struggling and they were trying so hard not to, you know, not to ask the wrong thing and not to be disrespectful. And they ended up asking about surgeries and my body parts. Mm. And I just said to them and I said, hey, just a heads up. This part is off the record. You know, don't put this in the interview. But whenever interviewing trans people, that's like one of the places you want to stay away from. That's not, it doesn't matter what um, my... Uh, um, what my sexual organs are, however you want to refer to them. What does that have to do with the fact that I'm a trans woman who's running for office? Um, right. So that's that. That's something you, you know people ask. But I get. I just had. Um, there was a big to do on Facebook. Two women that are part of um, the city committee. Blah blah blah. Uh, one of them made a, a a post saying that oh. You know, she was saying this to someone she thought was trans. Oh, you're just mad because you want to be me. You're mad because you want to be like me. And, you know, going on and on and on like that. And I think that's another misconception people have that as a trans woman, we're trying to be something we're not. Um, right. And that's not the case. I'm not trying to be you. I'm not trying to be anybody. I'm trying to be me. Right. There you go. I'm just trying to be me. And... um you know, I'm just rectifying a situation as far as being trans that, um, you, you know, just didn't come together when I was born. So, right. Uh, right. That's all that I mean. Is. Also, Simple. someone who would say someone who would say something like that. I have a feeling that very few people would ever want to be that person anyway. Um, that doesn't sound like a person who inspires envy and about anyone. So I uh, know, uh, trust me, there was nothing. This person online many, many years ago, um, I had a a, a woman, uh, she used to work at the Wawa that, that I used to go to all the time, and she always had an attitude with me, just mm. and everybody else in the Wawa loved me. I'd come in, hey Deja, how are you? You know, blah blah blah. I get along mm. with just oh, about yeah. it. Mm. And she always had an attitude. And one day she, there was a line full of people and the person standing right in front of me made a little joke amongst each other. And I heard it and I laughed and it didn't have anything to do with it. It wasn't like an ignorant remark towards anybody that worked there or anybody else there. They were two friends that made a joke. I heard it and I laughed. Mm -hmm. She looked at me because she thought that I was laughing at her or something. And she goes, what are you laughing at? You just want to be me. <sighs> I said, I want to be you. What what the heck? I was just like, what is it that I want to be? Ugly? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No burn. <laughs> turn into a whole thing. But I, I want to clarify, please, folks, don't think that trans people are trying to be you. We are just simply trying to be us. We're right. trying to be our, our authentic selves. That's all we're trying to be. Yeah. I, I like would that. love to have you for the conversation where we are having last week about uh, TERFs. Because <laughs> we were oh. talking, about, I know it's a whole conversation. Yeah, we, we did a we had a rough it. conversation we about what, about what it, and I read are. a quote about somebody that uh, from somebody that is very turfy, and you know, it made it clear to me that some of these, especially some of the uh, some of these women uh, who 
our turf the um i made it clear that like a lot of them are scared for some reason about like their 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 innate womanhood being under assault because of trans women it was just like a whole thing where people are just so scared about their own identity being threatened by trans people and it just blows my mind women have been under assault since the beginning of time exactly right why are you getting off me off of my feminist i was sitting here the feminist in me was all quiet and now you got to get me on the feminist thing right oh it's never quiet to round this out so that we can end the show and get off of the air um we're gonna do a quick round of newsworthy or not this is our attempt to cover a lot of stories that are going on that we just don't have the time to cover in an hour so are we ready folks yes yeah okay all right so um as I said earlier, that CLS Community Legal Services is open and they're taking clients at 215-981-3700. Awesome. There you Hi. go. Linda Tripp. Linda Tripp, a pivotal player in Bill Clinton's impeachment scandal, has died. She was 70. She's been battling with breast cancer. Oh, but I don't know who she is. Uh, Baking can, can reduce. Thank you. Baking can reduce stress and give comfort during these times. Yes. What baking. can reduce stress? Baking. 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 Yes, yes baking. And, and it um, smells good, too. There you go. Um, Waffle House has started selling its signature waffle mix. Ooh. Well, I've Sold that in four House, hours. But... Um, I'm, is it good? Or I don't know. Not good. I don't know. It's sold out in four hours. New Jersey is looking for people who know decades old programming language to help process unemployment claims. They know COBOL? So here's my comment. I'm sorry, I have to do a sidebar. Why is New Jersey using decades old software to process unemployment claims? Because it's the government and the government is slow. <laughs> um, so, yes, if you know decades old programming language, um, New Jersey needs you to help. Yeah, COBOL uses what they're looking for. Now's your time to shine. Process unemployment claims. Um, that's crazy. That explains why it's going to take nine months to get checks in the mail. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, 34 million. That's how many viewers watch the new Netflix docuseries, Tiger King. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I'm so over it. Uh, why? And now I'm over it. <laughs> it's zany, um, I guess. I don't know. A hospital worker at Detroit Sinai Grace Memorial says, I do the best to close their eyes and say a little prayer. Um, there's so many people dying in the, and they carefully stack the bodies in a temporary refrigerator truck. So she tries to say a little prayer and close their eyes before they are taken away. It's nice. Somebody is really there wanted to, to do something sensitive. Humane. Yes. 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 Um, cruise ships are getting sued for failing to warn um, their passengers that of the virus and that there were people on board who had exposure to the virus. Oh my God, you had one job. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, well, wait. Lines. Can we sue the government too? Anyway. Yeah. There okay. you go. Maybe. There you go. Hopefully. Um, two quick things, and I think we covered this earlier. That Bernie is stepping down. He's not stepping down. It's official. It's unofficial. Yeah, we'll get into it later, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should devote an entire up. segment to that next week. Oh, I have yep. a whole rant. We'll get into it. Don't yep. you okay. worry about that. <laughs> and the last one is Pennsylvania schools have closed for the rest of the academic year. Mm. Uh, again. Necessary. Uh, I wonder. I wonder. Okay, there you go. They didn't leave teaching the kids respect up to the schools now. Ooh, ooh. That's a good this point. Hot tea and hot take. Wow, yeah. <laughs> well, folks, that's all we have for tonight. Yeah, Deja, thank you so much for being a guest. We loved hearing your point of view. Thank you so much for having me. Wash your hands. Yes. And social distancing. This Stay is Doctor Renee Nars Jones saying goodbye. And we've been cue the mic. Have bye, a good y'all. Night. Bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Catch us on the social medias: Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Cue the Mic Radio. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Alexa, Spotify, Radio.com, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Deezer, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. And as a reminder, our old episodes are still up on Podomatic, but we have moved our feed over to pinecast.co. Be sure to check us out there for all the updates on the new episodes.